Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 113 of Screwball, and a pretty exciting week in baseball for the younger stars of the game. Uh, we have some important call-ups here, uh, some that you probably have already seen and, and taken note of. So with saying that, let's uh, get off to the start that we always do with the news segment of the show. And the first piece of news, again, kind of, you know, as you probably already know if you're listening to this on Wednesday... Um, the Pirates called up shortstop prospect O'Neill Cruz. The uh, six foot seven phenom for the Pirates, O'Neill Cruz, is finally be- being given a proper chance at the majors at 23 years old and sits as the 22nd ranked prospect in all of baseball. Uh, I believe he was up for a few games last year. Um, I know he played a little bit. I'm not sure how long his stint was, but this is his proper calling up and, and kind of rookie start to his, his career. Uh, the young shortstop is touted as having great power and speed combo and could be a bright spot for the Pirates' future. So uh, we've already seen a game, you know, of his by the time we're recording this, and he's just got stupid power. His arm at shortstop is unbelievable. He's got great speed for a six-seven guy. I mean, six-seven to play shortstop is, is not easy. So like I said, by the time you're you're hearing this, you – probably I would think would have already seen him play or seen some highlights or something. So I think that this could be a really bright spot. Like I said here in the news for the pirates, I think that he could really be a cornerstone of that franchise coming up and uh, he's an exciting player. So I know Frank and I are both going to definitely keep our eyes on him. Uh, The second piece of news is similar to O'Neill Cruz being called up, but on the, uh, in the American league, Uh, Jeter Downs for the Red Sox was called up. Uh, while being highly regarded in the 2020 trade for Mookie Betts, I believe he was kind of like the one or two kind of headliner of that trade. Uh, Jeter Downs may be having a more difficult road to staying in the majors now. Uh, at the same age as O'Neill Cruz at 23 years old, Downs has been having trouble in the minors, batting 180 with 11 home runs and 11 stolen bases uh, in 53 games. Uh, he has also struck out in more than 31% of his trips to the plate, so... A guy that was really highly regarded by the Red Sox is uh, having a bit of a struggle, but worth mentioning anyway because he is a high prospect, and the Red Sox do think pretty highly of him. Uh, I don't think his call-up is anything like an O'Neill Cruz where he's pretty much there to stay. I think it's a little bit more to get him some at-bats and some experience before they actually you know, they actually kind of keep him up or figure out what exactly they want to do with him. So, But again, I wanted to bring it up because that's kind of two of the top, you know, higher prospects being called up here while O'Neill Cruz, obviously the, the bigger of the two, literally and figuratively, you know, it's worth mentioning Jeter Downs as well. Cause you know, he's big for the Red Sox or he can be. And the final piece of news I have here is a little different. Are the Baltimore Orioles leaving Baltimore was a question kind of asked around a little bit around baseball lately. Uh, according to the Associated Press, longtime franchise owner, Peter Angelo's sons, John and Lewis and wife, Georgia, are entangled in a legal battle over control of the team. Uh, the legal suit suggests that John Angelo has interest in leaving Baltimore. Uh, however, following a funding of $1.2 billion to Camden Yards, a move seems unlikely. So the news pretty much came from a filing in the, in the lawsuit that around 2017 or 2018, they 
uh, talked about, you know, the one son talked really about leaving Baltimore and trying to find a, a better suitor for the Orioles. And I think it was merely mentioned in passing. I don't think there was any serious consideration because the franchise owner, Peter Angelo, pretty much said they'll never leave um, as long as they, as long as he's in control. So I think it's much to do about nothing, but I know it did kind of make some waves and, and make some news in baseball. So I figured it was worth bringing up anyway because uh, the Orioles are – have been rough the last few years and are starting to come on a little bit here now with some of their prospects coming up. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't sure if Orioles fans were getting nervous at all if you're in the Baltimore or, or surrounding area. But that's a, that's, those were my three pieces of news, pretty more optimistic news with O'Neill Cruz and Jeter Downs and young players. We have a lot of young players in the game now and adding to that total is, I, I think always, you know, pretty good. So yeah, the Orioles, you know, I don't think they're going anywhere. They're kind of rooted in Baltimore one of the best stadiums, you know, in the league, even though they ruined the field, but they'll fix that mm-hmm. next year. I think they're going to kind of even it out. But, yeah, it's, it's something to note because it is, you know, it's something you don't want to see them leave, especially at that great stadium. But, yeah, uh, a couple things I got. I did mention the prospects as well. Uh, we had Jeter Downs up. Riley Green recently called up the number two prospect. Yep. O'Neill Cruz, you mentioned Gabriel Moreno of recent. Yep. There's a lot of uh, big names. C.J. Abrams called back up. So, we have – that's five of the top, you know – 25 prospects or so mm-hmm. called up here of late, plus the ones we've already seen. Nolan Gorman, Matthew Liebertor. We've seen um, the guy for the White Sox there, uh, Jake Berger and Andrew mm-hmm. Vaughn of late. Yep. Um, well, Vaughn was kind of there, but Jake Berger kind of up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Pirates had another guy they called up recently. I believe the Cubs, but Christian Morell was a mm-hmm. higher up prospect, I should say. Right, right. Um, so we just see a lot of, you know, a lot of prospects here. Adelie Rushman, of course. Yeah. Big Royce one. Lewis before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Kalanick was up, you know, for a little while. He struggled, but he was set back down. But there's a lot of prospects, more than I think we've ever really seen. Yeah. Because I think they changed the way that the, um, you know, control years. Yeah. And service time kind of changed that. So it, it's great. We're going to see some of these younger guys up and playing. Yeah, I think it's uh, great. Especially for these teams kind of, we call it rebuilding. You get some excitement, at least, you know, maybe turns out rebuild instead of taking four years, maybe it only takes three years because you let the guys come up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, know? you know. And Jeremy it, Pena. Yeah. For the Astros. I mean, it's a lot of young guys. Uh, Wander Franco last year, you know, there's just so many guys that are just up. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. Game's very young, you know. Um, Jaron Duran, the Red Sox, mm-hmm. is up and down. Even though it's just for, you know, a cup of coffee, they say, you know, it's still good to see. Right, right. Um, some other news I have, Miles Mikolas was one strike away from a no-hitter. Uh, Harrison yep. Bader tried tracking it down, just missed it. He's one strike away, 128 pitches. Uh, we had Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers, was also, what, two two outs away? Something like that, yeah. In the ninth it was, he, yeah. He was 100 or so pitches, but he just missed a no-hitter as well. That was all, you know, this last week. They were back-to-back days, I believe. Right. So we're getting close to a no-hitter. Um, compared to last year, we had like eight by this point. Uh, <laughs> some other news I got here is we're seeing the College World Series you know, the brackets play out. We're not at the World Series yet, but we're getting down to the last couple of teams. That's something noteworthy because you see, obviously, a ton of prospects there, young guys. Yeah. Um, and it's just a whole different game. Pitchers don't pitch long, you know, aluminum bats. The, the scores go up sometimes, and sometimes there's no score. Mm-hmm. But they see games that are 21 to, to 4. And I think it was a game in the in the rounds where it was like 20. They were up 17. 
They're up like 17 to 5 or something crazy like that. Oh and then they, they scored like 10 in one inning and they ended up coming back and winning or something. Jesus. So you see some crazy games that crowds are going nuts. The players are absolutely nuts. Oh, they're out like, of their mind. Yeah. yeah. They, they did some of that stuff in the MLB. You get a pitch up and in and you'd be planted in the dugout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for good or bad, if you like that or not. But some of the standings are a little too much, I think. But it's just a whole different game. So yeah, absolutely. Something noteworthy. Um, and college baseball, I think, is growing every year for the last 10 years or so. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And the last thing I got here, um, you know, which with these young players, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, for a topic today, are we too quick as fans or media, media especially, I think, <laughs> but uh, too quick to judge or call these some of these people and some of these young players and some of these, you know, future superstars, you know, greats and legends. Right. And I think for sure, I think it's not even close that we do it just too much. You know, Wander Franco, they're already saying it could be this guy and this guy. We compare them. Comparisons, too. They don't just compare them to a good all-star, a guy who had, you know, five, six real good years. They compare them to the greatest shortstop of all time. They compare them to the greatest outfit. They compare them to Babe Ruth. They compare them to this. You're not. You're not even close. Mm-hmm. You know, and they compare Otani to Babe Ruth. Not close. It's just not close. It's right. not close. Oh, well, you know, you're going to strike people out. Yeah, well, that's a different game. You can have guys up there who bat 180 and they're the best, you know, they're good, like Joey Gallo, right? Yeah, you have guys yeah. up there who, you know, they struggle to a 350 average is how they struggled to. Mm-hmm. You have guys batting 400, so it's a little bit different game. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, the, the idea that, you know, some of these guys are all-time greats and, oh, this guy, compare him to here. And, uh, you know, we see, you know, just a Juan Franco was a big one. And, um, you know, Rushman, they're already kind of ready to to give him the reins as the best catcher in baseball already. And, you know, it's like, it's, we just, we have to... Pull back the reins here, and what we call a great, you know, and they're ready to call Trout the greatest outfielder of all time, and it's just not. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, just not it's just not smart, right? Or, or or good coverage, or good thought process, or good idea about anything to call people greats already. Agreed. When you have greats in the game, right? Like Albert Pujols, you want to call him a great? He's one of the greatest, greatest hitters of all time. And for me, I, I would have him as the best first baseman to ever play baseball. That's an all-time great. Did not have somewhat of a farewell tour. It's been of late, a lot of you know talk, but that's a different story. But mm-hmm. uh, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Like Mike Trout, yeah, he is a great right now in his trajectory, but he has had injuries already. But to call him a great already is a little young in his career. Yeah. Acuna, very young in his career. But I think... You know, to just like I said, to call these guys all-time greats and, and and legends already, Tatis. They want to call legends and greats. I mean, I mean no, that's just not. Yeah. It's, it's not smart. You're just trying to pull strings to get people to what pay attention or like. Can they be good? Can you compare them to these guys? Sure, but let's not you know go overboard. What happened to the comparison to a guy who's just pretty good? Who had yeah, a really right. Good solid career or an all-star. You know, you know, like, you know, this is where I think this guy can compare it to. But if he if he, you know strengthens up, he can be one of these Hall of Fame type players. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Hey, I'm going to compare him to this guy, but if he, if, you know, he develops faster and develops a little bit this way, he could be this guy mm-hmm. at a Hall of Fame level. You know what I mean? I have no problem with that, but just to be like, oh, this guy, yeah, he's, uh, you know, Kyle Ripken. Yeah, it's like, well, It's hard to be that. Yeah. You know? Especially when you have greats like that already in the game. Mm-hmm. Like pitchers like Verlander and Kershaw, and you want to call guys like that, you know, Greats. All right. Well, they put their time in. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But to call some of these guys greats and legends already, they're 25 years old. You know, this guy could stop playing tomorrow, and you would, you know, he, you would know, would know from him 20 years from now. You mm-hmm. would have no idea who he was. 
But that day he was he was called a great in his you know one season there. That's not how it works. Yeah, I agree. You got guys like Pujols and Miguel Cabrera and, and Verlander, Kershaw, Molina, Wainwright. You know guys like that. Where if they stop playing today, they're you know they're Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's like you're glossing over them. You yeah, know. they're they're great. They put the time in consistently, year in year out. It's just it's it, it, we can't do that with everybody. You know, hype everybody up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see a lot of people, you know, young young players struggle, and um, fan bases kind of give up on some of these guys because they're they're like told that they're Mickey Mantle. Yeah, like and a high you, shelf yeah, compliment. And, you know? When, and you know, one of the best players ever played a game, and then when they're not, right away, they're upset. And then all of a sudden, now it's a big you know big problem. Like Gary Sanchez, we went to the Yankees. It's hard to get over that. Right. Sometimes you can just be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And like, hey, you know, if he develops, you know, if his offense develops and becomes more of a pure hitter, he could really turn into, you know, this kind of Hall of Fame type player. But right now, I see how he is playing the game and how I kind of project his offense, you know, as a steady incline. He's going to be this kind of all-star player we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, this guy's coming up. O'Neill Cruz is coming up. Yeah, I, I got him at A-Rod. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't damn. think that's quite the, you know. Yeah, give him a chance. Yeah. You know? Like, he's, he's A-Rod. So what if he's what if he ends up being better? Like what if he ends up being like he develops better than they think? What's he? He's just the greatest player to ever play, never touch the field. Yeah, because you already compared him to one of the great shortstops of all time. So it's like it's hard to it's hard to do that. Yeah, you know, I just it, that's where you come across, and, and it's tough because it's as people who who, who really like the history of the game um, and know the Hall of Fame and the great players and in the almost almost good enough to be in the Hall of Fame or probably deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. The Tim Raines is out there. Well, it's not Tim Raines at this point, but uh, Fred McGriff. It's frustrating to see somebody called a great, an all-time great, and then they go up there and you see him compared to this guy and that guy. It's like, give me a break. Yeah. Otani's never going to be Babe Ruth. He's never even going to be close to it. If Otani stopped playing baseball today, no one would know who he was. Agreed. Babe Ruth made baseball. Right? You can compare this guy to, you know, Yogi Berra. And you're going to compare this one to uh, Mickey Mantle we see all-time compared to. You know, it's just not, you know, plausible. Yeah. Comparing to Ted Williams, he's got this lefty swing. He's comparing to Barry Bonds, a swing, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, why can't you just compare him to like Doug Otto? Yeah. Who had like a really good career. Right. <laughs> Instead of oh, we're going top shelf with our with our comparison, it's yeah. like, well, you're you're such and such. It's yeah, like you're, you're Don Alvarez. You could just compare him to Doug Otto. It looks exactly the same. Mm. But no, you're going to compare him to Ted Williams. Yeah. That's quite the, the comparison. Yeah, to go right with one of the great hitters of all time. It's like okay. Yeah. So, you start small, it's okay. Yeah, you know? like I said, it's it's frustrating, and I don't know what to say. You know, they they try drag, dragging players in or or fans in, and the younger play, you know, kids and people to click on the reports and things like that. But I don't know. I just it, it is frustrating when you know the history of the game and you're like this guy. I mean, he was he's one of the greatest players of all time, top fifty players, and you're comparing this young guy to him already. It's like, or you call all the here comes one of the greats here, or one of the best players in the league already, and he had played a half a year. Like Tatis got called up, and it was like he was already one of the best players in baseball, and he, you know, didn't do anything yet. Mm. He literally hasn't swung a bat, and he's one of the best players. In the How's that possible? Yeah, that's that's not, that's just not possible. Mm. He's not, he, and it's hard to be, in a half a year or one year. It's two, three yeah, years. I mean, yeah. It's like consistent because well, everyone can have one good year. Brady Anderson for the Orioles had what fifty home runs, and the guy had fifty the rest of his career combined. Mm. Anybody can have one good year, right? Yeah. You got to be able to do it two, three, four, five times. It doesn't take five years to be called great in the game, and it shouldn't. 
but maybe it takes two years to be like, hey, this guy is, is one of the better players. Yeah. You can't just call it how you, you know, once you see it, you know, five seconds in. So. Yeah, there, there's there's players that come to mind. Um, Trout, while I do think he's one of the better players, probably one of the best players of the generation, for sure, which I don't think is an unfair statement because he really has been that good. Um, they've I've seen wild stuff with him saying that he's one of the best players of all time already. It's like, well, give him to the end of his career. We'll see where his career ends up. That's a guy who doesn't even have, what, 2,000 hits. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. Again, I get trajectory, and they, they say, well, if he continues this way, it's it's he's still past where you know X player is, so he could be better than that player. But that's when you get into the weeds. You it's like should it that, because then you got Ken Griffey, where yeah. his stats be. You have Grady Sizemore. Let's not mm-hmm. really get into that. How yeah. He could have been. Like, we, then you start getting into all this 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 mess. Jose Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Tavar. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. It's I'm then, not trying to do, you know, we're not trying to compare these guys. And then something happens, and then you never know of them. It's just not what you're. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little too quick. Right. To judge these guys and call them the great. Oh, Ali Rushby. We're going to compare to Johnny Bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard to live up to. Because <laughs> the guy live- might just be a five-time All-Star and have a really good, maybe, Full of fame career. Yeah, be a top fifteen catcher all time or something. I mean, what's and wrong with that? To tell him he's, he's the number one catcher of all time. Yeah, that's hard to do. I agree. Yeah. You know, you could just compare him to you know Posada, switch hitting catcher. Yeah. Well, you know, he had a really good career. Yeah. You know, he was he's an amusing Posada type of guy, but if he rounds out this way, he could be, you know, this top five catcher of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah I like that comparison. Right. Instead of being like, yeah, that's uh, that's Babe Ruth. <laughs> and um, yeah. reincarnate. Yeah, he's gonna struggle down to like a Mickey Mantle. Like, oh boy. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So you know, some guys that uh, I know I thought of, you know, Trout, uh, Harper when he first came out was compared to Mickey Mantle because um, he came up when he was nineteen. So he's he, had immediately. An career. Oh yeah, he's been great. But you know, it, but he's it, not Mickey Mantle. But I mean, when, <laughs> when you're talking 2010, kids 19, and all of a sudden he's Mickey Mantle, it's like, well, geez, it's like, uh, let's slow down a little bit. Let's see him have – what is it? I think he's had two MVP years or something like that. I mean, yeah. dude's had a great career. But, I mean, they jumped the gun a lot. Trout, they jumped the gun. Tatis, they really jumped the gun um, because defensively he's a liability and he has injury problems. Wander Franco, uh, they jumped the gun with. Now, granted, he had a great year. So, I don't, you know, I get that he was really good, but he's 20. He's 21 now, I believe. You know, some of the other guys you mentioned, like Adley Rushman, uh, they jumped the gun a bit on him. I understand he's he's switch hitter and catcher. That's yeah. right off the bat. You like your chances. It's just, it's, um, it's, let's, let's dial back to compare him to someone a little bit more. Yeah. Like, hey, I can obtainable. So I'm not, because yeah, you never, that's how you lose. Like for me, it's like, oh, you know, I, I just can't. Because now you just called this guy Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's or not going to, he's not. He's just never going to be. Yeah. And it's like you said before, though, Tani, he was getting a lot of very, very high praise. Um, now, granted, unique player. Uh, we don't see players like that anymore. I get theater. it, but yeah, it, it's not like he's he's has a two ERA and he's batting three thirty. It's not like he's for ten years. Yeah, yeah right, right. He so did it once, yeah, and he bat two sixty and he had a three ERA as a pitcher one time. And that's about where he's sitting this year too. So he's not like we we kind of understand about where he sits with his ability. And he's he's a he's a he's a really good player, mm-hmm. and he's one of the today's great players. Yeah, and, and over the last five ten years, maybe he's one of the great already because of his his uniqueness. Yeah. But you just it's we, it's consistency that before you can really call somebody, and some guys earn that. Mm-hmm. Altuve earned that. I mean, obviously he had his thing with the, the Astros, but how many years before he was you know even thought about? Yeah, two hundred hits, two hundred hits, two hundred hits, two hundred hits. Like he earned that. And I believe he was a walk on or something. He wasn't even he was like, like you know. Yeah, he thrown away ten times. Yeah, nobody wanted him, and he just kept coming back and back. You know, some people earn that, and then yeah. some guys walk in the door and they're the best player around. Yeah, I yeah, I I think that in baseball and I think sports in general. I said this to you before we started recording. I think there's a bad recency bias 
Uh, I think that if you have a good half a year, it literally as simple as that, you you are the best. You're an MVP. You're a Cy Young. You're uh, the next great player. You are. Yeah. Uh, I think that recency bias has a big problem. I think that things need to be in a, a bigger perspective. And I think that goes right with this because I think that if look Sanchez, perfect example, Gary Sanchez. You said before he was really he was sixteen. He was he was top prospect. He was pledging um, defense and A Rod's power. Or yeah, they called him. And that he came work. up and he had that half a year in twenty sixteen or so where he was unbelievable and he had twenty some home runs. And now look, he's a low average guy, has a lot of home runs, but he's you pr- pretty much know what you get out of him. And defensively, he's he's okay. He's, he's got aver- a good arm. Average at best. Yeah, he's average. got a good arm and an okay glove. So. Yeah. You know that you got to let these things play out. It's like, and I know this is kind of getting into the weeds in different sport, but I, I remember an argument I had with LeBron James for a long time was, yeah, he's you know trajectory wise, LeBron James is one of the better, best players of all time. I don't think that's really in a, in a doubt at this point. At this point, but at this point, and this is what people would say that to me five six years ago. I'm like, well, let his career play out. What if he gets five well, more championships? He was yeah, he was like he was. Oh he was yeah, one in high school, right? I mean, ba- basketball. If it, it's a great. It, like you said, with the with the um, recency bias, basketball is great. Go look at this the top seventy five player list they came out with. Mm-hmm. I think I watched forty or fifty of them play. <laughs> yeah, right. Something tells me I didn't watch all these great players. Yeah, Will Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, yeah, and Larry Bird. Yeah, there's a lot on there that yeah. I, I could, you know, you could go on and on. Oh, they were on there. Yeah, but there's some other ones that aren't on there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. You just go to the '90s. Every team had two or three of them that were really, 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 really good players. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you got guys on there who played now, like you know. I don't remember some of the guys on there, but, you know, people want Clay Thompson on there and guys like that. It's like, well, they're just not quite, you know, Jerry West, yeah. are they? Yeah, right, right. Because just because he plays now and you remember him having that one game where he had 10 three-pointers doesn't mean he's, you know, he played 15 years and he's, you know, one of the great players of all time. Yes, yeah, right. And that's, so, I think that, again, it crosses all boundaries in sports, but I think that baseball, I think, does have a bit of an extreme, kind of like basketball. They have There's an extreme recency bias that I think, um, just plays into a lot, and I think it does, like you said, inflate, you know, the players' expectations to a point where they can't reach it, yeah. and then all of a sudden you have a Jared Kelenic situation where he was touted as a top five prospect, and he was the Mariners' next best thing next to Julio Rodriguez, and he batted came up batted 140. He struggled. Exactly. You're young. You struggle. It it happen. It can happen, and it does happen. Um, yeah, and so, then and then it's almost like you're, the the, the Mariners' system or franchise themselves. Talk themselves into this, and then he struggles. It's almost like they're ready to get rid of him. Yeah, and it's, like, well, Jesus Christ, the guy's twenty-one years old. Yeah, I think he can struggle a little bit. The majors, it's tough, yeah. tough to stay in the show. You know, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go into too, too much more. I already spent quite some time on it already. I, I think uh, one sport believer, not that does a de- pretty decent job, is kind of sp- spreading that out. Is football? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they'll tell you, hey, that receiver was really good, but you know what? He didn't play now because his stats are different. But they still kind of give that guy his credit. Right. You go look at some old lists. Hmm. They kind of do. Sometimes they do. They still do it. Every sport does it, and every team and writers and reports you see come out. They sometimes like that guy shouldn't be there over that guy, but I think football does a pretty decent job with it. You know, sometimes and then like baseball is just tough because when you start talking about pitchers. It's like, well, you got Cy Young. Yeah. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and then you got you know Verlander. So I don't know if Verlander is quite Cy Young. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So let's kind of let's you know calm things down a little bit once in a while. So yeah, um, but baseball is tough with them when you do have some old guys like that with 511 wins, 383 losses, and you got guys who don't even have 383 starts in <laughs> yeah. their career, and you're calling them greats. You know, it's just it's just tough, but um, it is something to kind of keep an eye on because it's just not it's not fair to the history of the game. I agree to credit these guys when boy they just haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah, I think we you know. Um, 
not necessarily me and you. I know we we have hype behind certain players, but I don't. I think we temper our expectations where I think other sports writers and 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 other baseball fans kind of yeah. jump really jump the gun. Like O'Neill Cruz, I think he could be a, a superstar player, mm-hmm. and his size is just incredible. It's a kind of similar idea with Judge, but I'm not gonna go out there and call him a Rod or Cal Ripken. Yeah, but. But the way he can hit the ball, his power and his arm strength and, you know, some of the speed and stuff he could do. Mm-hmm. If he really rounds out in the, in the form and, and really progresses quickly, I mean, yeah, he could be one of those all-time great guys. Yeah. But, you know, his comparison now, I don't I don't know what his comparison now would be. I, I feel well. like he looks like Troy Gall standing there. Yeah, yeah. In my comparison, you know, just standing there wise. But it, that's fine. Yeah. Or, yeah, sometimes there's no comparison. Sometimes why can't he just be O'Neill Cruz? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like sometimes you, you don't have to go top shelf with, with any, you know what I mean? It's just, well, this guy's unique. I've, we've never really seen someone like this, so we'll see yeah. what he does. Yeah, you've never seen a shortstop at 6'7". He's yeah. never done it. You know, it's Jeff Kent at second base. You've never really seen a guy who's 6'5 at second base. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Yeah. So it's there's nothing wrong with having lighter comparisons and there's nothing wrong with saying, well, you know, at some point in his career, he really could be one of the greats. There's nothing wrong in saying that either. But when we hyperinflate it, it it can cause more problems for young players because they're social media and they get the word comes back to them. They know. And then you the know? franchises themselves almost talk themselves into that. So when it doesn't happen right away, they're like out the door. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, quick trigger finger. It's like, what do you do? You know, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to make a living and make a life and be a GM and a scout and a coach when it's, it's immediate all the time with everybody. Right. If you're supposed to win, then you're supposed to win. I get that. But if you're kind of a rebuilding team or a team that's gone up and up, you got to give the guys chances to be good and struggle and then have them come back. Yeah. Otherwise it's, you're just never going to have one somebody to play with you. Yeah. Three bad days and you're, you're going home. Yeah, I think one of the one of the biggest keys to baseball, I think, is is learning to fail. And uh, if you're kind of teaching these guys at a young age when they're in college and in the summer leagues and stuff, and and getting to the majors, and if they're not quite realizing that they're not going to be quite the player they think they are, um, that causes a problem in their ego and and their problem too. Because baseball is such a mental game. If you really believe the hype in yourself, that causes, I think, more problems too. So. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we could keep going on this because we, I know we both agree that, that it just goes too far, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully they, you know, some teams and, and sports writers and stuff temper expectations and, and can let these guys be themselves. That yeah. that's a big thing too. We'll move on to the wrap up here of the news segment of the show. Uh, who's doing the best right now, as we always do. Uh, the Yankees still own the best record in the league at 49 and 17, while the Astros own the second best record in the AL at 41 and 25, the Mets own the best record in the National League at 44 and 25, while the Dodgers own the second best at 40 and 25. Uh, the Yankees own the best run differential at plus 143, while the Nationals, instead of the Royals, own the worst run differential at minus 109. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened there. I think the Royals actually won like five in a row or three of four, or four or five or something. So I think that probably dug them quite a couple times, a couple of real close games. So I guess they're run differential. Yeah. It must've dug them out of the hole enough to have the Nationals swoop in there and really take it. Well, Nationals really also got their asses kicked by the Phillies and Braves here late. Yeah. So, so that's hard to minus, you know. uh, minus one Oh nine. Pretty good. Um, that's yeah, that's, that's a hole to not be dug out of. Yeah. Um, some teams I got Yankees, Cleveland, Braves, Phillies, and Giants all been high here of late. Some cold teams to raise. Tigers, Mariners, A's, of course, Nationals, Pirates, and Cubs are some teams that have been cold. Um, Tigers have been a letdown this year, and Mariners have been a letdown this year. Yeah, Just absolutely. It's been letdowns. I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed. And I actually had the Mariners as a dark horse for the AL West. I thought yeah. they were going to be that good. 
Yeah. So, um, but those are some teams that have been cold here over the last, uh, you know, 10 games. Yeah. 10, 12 games. Yeah, that's how it goes, you know, um, in the throes of the season. But, yeah, the Tigers and Mariners have been disappointing. Uh, I'm disappointed because I actually kind of had high expectations for both. So. Other Tigers, yeah. Kind of kind of hope Detroit kind of gets something going here, right? Because they've been yeah. bad in all sports here for the recent uh, the recent past here. I know. they're Yeah, they're, they're, the city can't get nothing going with, with uh, the other, you know, the big four sports. So, I don't know. Um, but it's coming. It's coming for them in the coming years. Uh, so let's move on to the who's hot and who's not section of the show where we talk about the five hottest and coldest hitters or Frank brings the pitchers as well. So this week, Paul Goldschmidt, as it seems like he always does, won yeah. player of the week and Vlad won it in the American League. I don't have Vlad, but I do have Paul Goldschmidt because it's just what he does. Yeah, that's what um, happens, yeah. So I have Paul Goldschmidt batted 423 over the last week with an 846 slogging and a 1310 OPS. And NL MVP right now, front runner. Yeah, he's yeah he's just absolutely berserk. Number two, I have Jake Cronenworth, uh, batted 520 over the last mm-hmm. week with a 760 slugging and a 1373 OPS. And he's been down this year. Mm-hmm. He's really starting to turn it around here of the last, even not just this week because he was like 500, mm-hmm. but even of the last month or so, he's kind of been kind of riding the wave up and building it up. Yeah, he's been trending up, which is good because he's a good player. I think he's a key to that Padre team. Yeah, very util- he's utility guy. He was he was the key to that team a lot of last year. Yeah, he's he a spark all, plug. It was this guy, this guy, and Tatis, and Machado, and you know, they had other guys too. I can't think of right Jerks now. and Profar. Uh, no, that's not going to happen, but... <laughs> Uh, but Cronenworth was just kind of steady, mm. steady Eddie. He played almost every single game last year and bad like two seventy. He was like he played short, he played second, he played outfield. He, he just does yeah. it all. Yeah, he's a, he's a, again he's a key to that team. He's a spark plug. He gets the team going. Got that um, Ben Zobras feel to it. You yeah, know? When, I know. When you're, when you're when you're playing good, you're like that's the guy we need. Yeah, but he's when the team's not base. playing bad, you're like why do, why do we have this guy? You don't feel like you need him. Hmm. But when the team's good, you're like that we needed him. That yeah. was the key to the team. Right, right. He's the heart and soul. You know. <laughs> Number two, I have Xander Bogarts, 500 average, 636, 636 slugging over the last week with a 1174 OPS. Bogarts has been uh, really good, and I believe is uh, opt out year for him. Or yeah, right? yeah. Um, so he's earning his definitely going to earn his paycheck. Andrew Vaughn, I also have a 478 average with a 522 slugging and a 1042 OPS. And finally, at number five, I have Charlie Blackman had a 423 average over the last week with an 808 slugging and a 1272 OPS. Charlie Blackman, a little bit of an unsung hero over for the Rockies for quite a few years now. Um, just kind of just goes out there and plays his game. And it's just kind of, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe people because Coors Field, they just uh, like wow. to just write off any Rockies yeah. hitter. But I don't know. But, yeah, he's always over there just kind of doing his thing and no one ever really and talks about a it. a character in himself. He's oh, yeah. kind of one, of one of a kind. He really is. Yeah, he'd fit I, He'd fit anywhere, to be honest. He as can go to any can team. Have, as long as he can have that beard. Yeah. Some hitters I mentioned here, Luis Robert has been nuts. Of late, maybe can carry the White Sox and, and get back in the in the MVP uh, hunt there. Yeah, um, it's been kind of a runaway in the MVP hunt in the AL at this point. Um, Anthony Rizzo been hot of late, getting mm-hmm. home runs and getting the RBIs back up. And Harrison Bader's been good all year. Mm-hmm. He's been red hot of late, He's about leading the league in stolen bases. He's been playing. He plays one of the best defensive outfielders you're going to see. But he's been hitting, hitting some home runs. He's been hitting for a pretty good average, I think, on the year. Betting two sixty two seventy on the year, stealing bases of, of late. He's been red hot. Right. Right. Um, some pitchers, Johnny Cueto, White Sox kind of got him late there, and then he's been pitching. I think he shot like through like seven shot innings against the Dodgers the other day. Um, that's cool to see. Um, shaking and baking out there. Aaron Nola, been great for the Phillies. Yeah. After the first couple starts, Tyler Maley's heating up for the Reds. John Gray had a good start. Uh, Brad Keller, I believe, went eight shot innings the other day. 
wow. for the Royals. And uh, Emmanuel Clay has been red hot after not a slow start to the year, but he gave up a couple runs somewhat early, and then he's been red hot here early. I think he had three straight or four straight days. I think he had four saves in three days. I think he had two saves and a doubleheader or something. He okay. was pitching. Wow. He was going nuts. Yeah, he's so, got some um, good stuff. Yeah, he's got some disgusting stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's some pitchers I, I wanted to mention that are, you know, throwing the ball pretty well over the last uh, seven to ten days. Yeah, some bigger names there, especially Clace was uh, kind of highly regarded coming in. Um, to the year. Let's move on to the cold players of the week. Number one, I have Nelson Cruz, batted 080 over the last week with a 120 slugging and a 327 OPS, contributing to, I guess, that low run differential the Nationals have. Yeah, yeah. Number two, Miles Straw, batted 042 over the last week with an 083 slugging and a 198 OPS. Number three, Brendan Rogers, batted 083 over the last week with an 083 slugging and a 297 OPS. Number four, Bryson Stott, Bat at 0.45 over the last week with an 0.45 slugging and an 0.90 OPS, and number five Odubel Herrera bat at 0.50 over the last week with an 0.50 slugging and a 1.45 OPS. So all those guys with a less than 100 average, not great. Uh, two having two Phillies on here is obviously not great uh, for their offense. Um, and like I said, you know Nelson Cruz, you know kind of coming in as a kind of a bigger piece of that lineup in the Nationals and. And I don't think overall has really had that great of a year. Um, now granted, he's for what forty two, forty three. So, how much do you really expect out of the guy anymore? But um, I think he climbed himself up to about two fifty of late. Yeah. Before this cold streak, but yeah, you know, he's just what happens when you get on a not great team. Yeah, and you know, don't really have much protection. People can work around you or come right at you or you know, pitch you different. <laughs> Unless you know? you're Josh Bell. Oh yeah, he just yeah he just does what he wants. <laughs> um, some guys I had on my list here. I, I think you might have had a couple of these guys. Miles Straw. Bryson Stott, uh, Elvis Andrews, Juan Soto's been awful. Let's just get right down to that. I have him on fantasy. And um, for a guy who's really a three, I mean, I, I don't know. Struggle, he really should struggle to about 290, 300 average. Mm-hmm. He's betting 218. He's been terrible. Yeah. So I'll just throw that out there. I mean, he, he should turn it around, but he's been terrible. So let's just call it what it is. And we have, let's see who else I had here. Um, Randy Rosarena, and I did have Nelson Cruz as well. Um, some pitchers that are struggling, Luke Weaver, Zach Eflin, Mackenzie Gore got beat up in Colorado. I guess he was like, welcome to Colorado. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giolito has been struggling late. Pablo Lopez has been getting beat up here late after his unbelievable start to the year. And Steve Cizek for the Nationals. I think he had like three losses in the last week. Mm-hmm. So he's yep. been um, another reason. You see a lot of Nationals kind of floating around this list here. So you see why they're they're not doing good. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the next part here, I got some injuries. Some big names on the injury list here, but nothing too too crazy for the most part. There's a couple. You're starting with this one, Ryu, Tommy John. So he's going to be done for a while. Isaiah Kainfalefa day-to-day with a hamstring issue. They said he's not supposed to be serious at all. Jose Ramirez missed a couple games here, but he's back in the lineup today. Uh, Anthony Rendon, wrist surgery is done for the year. He's been awful. Mm-hmm. One of the worst signings we're going to see here of late, unless this turns around. But uh, first two years, he's been terrible. Yeah. Um, he's got, you know, what, five less home runs left to do does righty in his contract. Oh, my God. If you really want to get into that. Yeah. That fun stat there. Yordan Alvarez was day-to-day. Missed a couple games here with his, uh, like, a, a secret hand injury it almost was. They didn't really tell you what it was until, like, yesterday, but I think he's back in the lineup today. Mm-hmm. They were kind of hiding that, which was a little scary. Ozzy Albies broke his foot. I just he swung and then just came out of the box and broke his foot. That was very weird. Yeah, like, it was weird. He's going to be out for quite some time. That's a shame. Strasburg came back through his three innings, got shelled, and probably going to need thoracic outlet syndrome surgery again after he just had it. So he's been, he's been actually, I think, the worst free agent 
contract we've seen, boy, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's been quite some time in, in baseball. I mean, he's been that bad. I think he's pitched 10 times since they won the World Series mm. in total. Yeah. With like a 70 array. So, you know, that was good. Um, Harper day day with some blisters. He should be fine. Um, just note that, with, you know, I know it's blisters, but he does have the elbow issue. So anytime he's day to day, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Right. Um, Tyler O'Neill plays back on the IL. It's a shame he's been getting hot here for the Cardinals. Mookie Betts cracked rib. He's going to miss at least two weeks. We'll see what happens there. Machado, they're kind of on the fence with. They said, you know, ankle sprain. He could be on the IL. Then they're saying they think he's not going to be on the IL. Mike has him on fantasy, so he's just kind of. I have him and Mookie Betts, so yeah, I'm not happy. Give me an answer kind of thing, right? But I had to take my guess. I'd say he should probably go on the 10-day IL. Just take his 10 days. Um, I agree. Because you just don't want something. You don't want a high ankle sprain. He's done for four, five, six weeks. Yeah, your best player right now, really. Yeah, the Padres. Exactly. Uh, and Dalton Vorshow was uh, day-to-day. He's kind of an exciting player for Arizona. But mm-hmm. I believe he's back in the lineup, but will be soon. So, that's good. Yeah. Uh, on the good news... On the good side of the injury thing, uh, Chris Sale, rehab starts. He was throwing 96 the other day. He's supposed to make three more rehab starts and be back in the major leagues, which is great. He's a great player. My guy, people can, you know, go look for every five days and be mm. excited for, especially up in Boston. Um, Tim Anderson activated. There you go. You know, Mr. Flash and Dash, right? People love him. So that's, you know, a good guy to kind of uh, want back. We have uh, Chris Bryant starting rehab assignments, games. That's a big name. Stephen Piscotti. Should be back here soon. That's just a pretty solid player. You might see him at the deadline get traded somewhere, make a big, big, you know, uh, help to a team in the hunt. Jose LeClerc, who was one of the better closers for a year or so with the Rangers, he's finally yeah. came back. That's something to watch for the Rangers who are kind of in the hunt or could be a trade piece. Right. Yeah. DeGrom, supposed to be facing live hitters here soon. They're hoping he should be back here soon. Max Scherzer, I think, could be back as early as the end of, uh, end of June, but you're probably talking more beginning of July, All-Star break. Probably, yeah. And Seiya Suzuki, they're hoping he starts swinging a bat again. He should kind of come back. Um, I know he was kind of on the rehab, but then he kind of slowed down. So, hoping Suzuki can come back here pretty soon. Tatis is not healing as fast as they thought he was. Uh, he is healing, but swinging the bat still kind of hold off. So, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Alex Cobb got activated. So, um, there's a lot of big names right there that are kind of progressing back to injuries. And some of the guys who got hurt recently, we had a couple big ones. Um, a couple of big names, but we also had some more day-to-day guys who were like, okay, this isn't going to be long, or this is going to be an IL for a short period of time. So wasn't an awful injury week. Um, right. But some big names, but, you know, it is what it is. There's, It definitely could be worse, especially Agreed. when you see some of these names on there, Betts, Machado, Harper, Jose Ramirez, Rendon, Don Alvarez, Albies, Strasburg. I, I mean, that's some big names. And then here that, for the most part, they're just, you know, a couple days or maybe a 10-day IL stand in two weeks. You're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, right, right. You take that. Yeah, you take the smaller stints, and, and that's just kind of how the season goes. You're going to get banged up a little bit, you know, yeah. as opposed yeah. to Tommy John or this or that or ACL surgery or Achilles yeah. or this, or that, you know, anything crazy that could happen. So, yeah, exactly. you know. But yeah, and then the last little bit here, I got the trivia question. Um, didn't know how to really relate these two to each other. So, um, but, you know, how to fix something, right? So, right. Trivia question, who holds the record for the most consecutive games without a strikeout as a batter in LB history? And the answer is Joe Sewell, or Sowell, from May 17th, 1929 to September 19th, 1929. 115 games. He did not strike out. He holds the record in LB history for the strikeouts per bat mm-hmm. in a career. He had a strikeout one every 62.6 at-bats. 
which is incredible. And legend has it, Mike loves us. Mm-hmm. Legend has it, he went his whole career using one single bat. Yeah, I just I don't never understand. Broke it, never cracked it. Never nothing. Used the same bat, and his secret was rubbing it with chewing tobacco. And he's a two-time World Series champion. So this guy was a good player. It was just some guy who just you know was rubbing his bat up with chewing tobacco, and it was like, look, this goofball has a strikeout. He's mm-hmm. a good player for two World Series teams. I hope uh, I hope Ray Shawk rubbed his bat with uh, chewing tobacco. <laughs> no, Ray, Ray Shawk went up there with Swiss cheese bat or something. He didn't do nothing. But, um, I think he actually might have they might have crossed paths on the same team. Probably, probably did. honestly, probably did. Um, Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, who holds the record for the most consecutive games without a strikeout as a batter? Joe Sewell at 115 games. So that's pretty. That's that's just about unbreakable at this point. I don't see someone 150. We, I mean, no. The last guy we had like that was Tony Gwynn, I think. Um, yeah, Rod Carew, Tony Gwynn, George Brett. Unless people really want to go nuts with how Stephen Kwan started his career, but you know, <laughs> 60 pitches or whatever, or 60 swings without a swing and miss. It's like, well, how about 115 games? How many swings was that? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, that's it's that's incredible. That's incredible. I'm not gonna see that, especially with the day and age of the way offense is, but also just the way pitching is. Mm. Seeing different pitchers throwing 100 miles per hour lefty righty, it's just guys spotting right there, painting the corners. It's just a little, I don't think you'll see it. I mean, yeah. baseball reverts back to some old, old school thinking, which I don't, I don't think that old school thinking is ever coming back. Um, no. 115 games. I don't think, you, you know, I don't even know if 115 at-bats. No. Is, I think that'd be remarkable, truthfully. Yeah, 115 at-bats might, yeah, might be a tough one. Yeah. Um, they just strikeouts aren't as you know. Modern baseball doesn't see the strikeout as really a bad thing as much as you strike out then you no know, dull play and things like that. Yeah. Back then, if you struck out, it was like, well, who are you? Go get out of here. Yeah, I know, me personally, and this is only you know we only played baseball what about eight to ten years ago in organized baseball. I, yeah. You know, I, I never liked striking out. No, it was like you know. It's like, wow, I really failed up there. Yeah, I did nothing. <laughs> you did absolutely nothing. Yeah, you could have just sent the bat up there. You would have had a better shot. That's, yeah. So, I, I don't know. It changed in the last few years. But, um, yeah, I don't see that coming back either, truthfully. It's just old-style baseball. It's just how it is. It's kind of like how you don't see pitchers go out every other day and throw nine innings. You know, yeah, it's, it's just, just different baseball. Yeah, remarkable. 115 games, that's 400 at-bats or so. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, um, Baseball has ranged quite a bit of eras and quite a few years and generations. So it's a completely different sport. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, and you could tell we we went to the football Hall of Fame and the baseball Hall of Fame, and you could just see the difference in the two Hall of Fames just in the history and 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 with that. Not to say football doesn't have its history. It's just it's just different. Baseball is just different. You know, it's different to every other sport. You know, you could compare it to hockey because they have their roots too. But um, baseball is just, for lack of a better phrase, in a league of its own. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, you know, the real old history of hockey, but you'd have to ask our buddy. Uh, I feel like hockey um, looks Hot. similar to maybe what it did. Baseball, I mean, you used to have 10 balls, hit a batter, you used to punch the umpire. <laughs> like, that was the rules. Trains in the outfield, <laughs> running people over. Uh, Two-foot home runs. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just playing in the mud. I mean, the rules themselves were just different, right? You just used different bats, and you could run this way, and... I don't know. The rules were just nuts, some of the rules. Right. Yeah, they really were. You had to leave your glove on the field for the other team to use your glove. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. That's inc- <laughs> That was a rule. You had to do that. Yeah. That's incredible. You shared a I'm glove. Not, I'm not sure how hockey is, and maybe it does have some real old ones. Just baseball, I mean, it's a whole different... It's just... It's not even... 
But this is called baseball, and that was called baseball. It's just, it's, it's, it's... It's a totally different world. Those rules yeah. they had back then, are like, you wouldn't even make them up when you're playing football as, mm. as a eight-year-old in their backyard or something. It's like, what, what do you, what, who thought of that? Yeah. Like, let me just make some ruckus. <laughs> like, go punch the umpire. If you don't punch the umpire three times, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a rule. The umpire wasn't paid, you just got him from the crowd. Yeah, that's what, yeah, they were unpaid and you just got a schmuck to, you know, officiate the yeah. game. It's like, okay. if you wore a mask, you were like a baby. Yeah. So who's this guy wearing a mask? Yeah. I just take a foul tip to the forehead. No, I'm all right. It's like, you know, it's uh, again, the comparison to hockey, you know, they didn't even, they were just out there in skates, didn't wear pads or nothing. It's like, what are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like a slap shot right to the nose real quick. And... Yeah, no, a hundred mile per hour slap shot right off the face. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then you get taken out. You're like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's just not, you know, his brain's leaking out of his head. You know, no, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need a hospital, no. No, he doesn't need to get looked at. At least give him a second on the bench, you know. Yeah. No, he's all right. He's running, the old, you know, skating the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. No, he's all right. Trying to shoot in the other goal, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's the best guy. <laughs> he looks it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, you know, it just goes to show how different sports and baseball, you know, baseball for one was. So, yeah, good, good trivia question. I just don't know, uh. Uh, I wouldn't have got that when I tried guessing it. It's just not a guy. I know the name. I just, it's not one that comes to mind. So I don't know how many people out there will get it. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I have for this episode, though. Uh, that's all the notes I had. Uh, another good week of baseball. Some exciting call-ups. See what O'Neill Cruz does. And uh, hopefully it doesn't get right compared to, you know, Cal Ripken and A-Rod right off the rip. But we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's all I have. So I don't know if you have any other final notes or anything like that. But that's all I got. No, that's it. Um... Yeah, we're we're coming we're coming into the exciting parts. So all sort of voting's out and things like that. So, um, baseball's in full swing, and um, the other sports are wrapping up, right? Hockey's getting yeah. Warriors won the finals. Yeah, um, Warriors won. The hockey's wrapping up, so it's you know almost just baseball on TV. So yeah, um, we're really getting to the exciting part of baseball trade deadlines, all star games, things like that. So we're we're in a good spot. We're gonna start really seeing the the rumor stuff flying. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, so then let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwall.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.